Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Well, welcome back to Switch Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Parker. So glad to have you with us today. And today I have with me a very special guest, Mr. James Meehan. He is the creator, the content developer, the all things when you see questions, messages that make Switch experience amazing to make that happen. And also the youngest person to ever speak on a weekend message at Life Church, James Meehan. Mm, it is an honor to be here with you, Vince Parker, the man, the myth, the legend. I'm none of those things, but thank you very much, James. I appreciate you so You're right. much. Those things don't even amount to who you are. I can't even begin to say it, so we're just going to move on. Well, James, so glad to have you with us here today. Uh, me and James have been friends for about, what, five years now, six years now, going back a little bit? Yeah, probably five years. Yeah, yeah. And so I uh, actually had a chance to work with your wife, Mandy, who's amazing. Love her. And so they're just what I call a power couple, great people, love them, amazing. James was telling me that he actually uh, enjoys scuba diving. Is that true? Not even close. I've never said any such thing. Okay. Would you ever go scuba diving? No, nah, that's the shark's house. I heard a wise person, Pastor Craig Rochelle, say that one time, that that's the shark's house. That scuba diving is the shark's house. No, no, house. the ocean is the shark, shark's house. Oh, okay. Well, I get it. That makes sense. Well, well, today we're not talking about scuba diving. We're actually talking about what does it mean to allow students to wrestle with their faith, to wrestle with maybe what they just heard in a message, to wrestle with what's going on in their life. At the end of every service, we always ask our youth pastors to use those exact words, those exact phrasing. Hey, as you break into your small groups, we want you to wrestle with what you just heard. James, can you kind of break down to us why that's so important? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think it's important because wrestling builds character. At least that's what my wrestling coaches always told me growing up, you know, singlet and all. Uh, but seriously, I think it's super important because what we recognize about students is that they're in a position where they have questions about everything, where they're looking for the evidence to figure out what do I believe and why do I believe it? And they're not willing to just take what we say at face value. They need to explore it, to process it, to wrestle with it for them to be able to get to a place where they're willing to say, yes, I believe this, I'm gonna make it my own, so now I can live it. And I think that's the thing that I love so much about the way that we do student ministry here at our church is we create a space every single Wednesday night where students have permission to wrestle, where they're not just having permission, but they're encouraged to ask hard questions, to process it with their friends, their small group leader, to figure out, okay, what do I believe and why do I believe it? And now that I know what I believe, what am I gonna do because of it? That's huge. So instead of just saying, hey, the sky is blue, if there's a student who goes, man, I don't, I don't know about that, let me talk about it, we want to give them permission. So how as a leader do I make that happen in my group? Yeah, I mean, I think there's tons of different ways, but I like what you just said there is recognizing the difference between the questions we have about God and the questions we have about the color of the sky, <laughs> right? right? Because everybody can look up and see the color of the sky is blue. Everybody can go to math class and discover that two plus two is four. But when we're talking about the things of God, oftentimes it can be more complicated. It can be a little bit harder for us to understand, especially in the world we live in today that very much embraces a secular worldview. And so really practical things, I think first is recognizing as a leader, it is okay for my students to wrestle. 
It's not my job to make sure that they have all of the right answers. My job isn't to just impart information. My job is to create a meaningful conversation. And I think a great thing that I've heard you talk about is this idea of, hey, small group leaders, you can give your students permission to process with each other like on their own, maybe in groups of two or groups of three, where they can talk about it. Hey, here's what the question is. You guys talk about it. You guys talk about it. You guys talk about it. And then after a couple of minutes, we'll all come and we'll talk about it together. That way they don't feel necessarily the same pressure of, oh, I'm talking in front of all 10 of us. I got to have the right answer. And it gives them a little bit more freedom to talk about it in a safe place before they open up as a whole group. Or as a small group leader, you can ask specific guided questions of, hey, what do you think about this? What parts of this do you have questions about? What do you disagree with? Why do you have those disagreements? And so maybe even asking one more question past the safe answer of, you know, oftentimes I think that it is joked about that the cliche churchy answer to any question is you just say Jesus and you're good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe even asking for a little bit more context, like, hey, why do you say that? What makes you think that? What are some examples of where you've seen that answer play out that lead you to thinking that is the right answer for this question? I think digging a little bit more creates a space for the students who may not be comfortable with wrestling to ask some more questions, to think a little bit deeper than maybe they have in the past. At the same time, for those students who are okay with wrestling, being okay with the discomfort of them saying something that makes you uncomfortable. Because oh, they, oftentimes good. when we feel tension, our immediate response is to jump in and fix it, clean it up and make sure, okay, I don't want there to be a mess. I don't want any student to walk away having the wrong idea or believing something that's outside of what I believe to be true. And I think that when we're doing that, we're not giving students the, uh, I, I don't know what the right word here is, but I, I think what I'm thinking about here is, I think sometimes what we do is we try to make small group time a problem to solve where I just want to walk away knowing that every question has been answered, that everybody has the right answer, and then I can feel good about it. But really what we recognize is that following Jesus is a journey. It's something that involves every aspect of who we are, and we've got to be okay with them coming up with answers that maybe don't seem okay in the moment, but maybe them even answering that question or thinking about that is the first step for them coming to an answer that is true and is helpful. So I love what you said there. So just as an example, let's say at Switch, we just watched a message called Love Thy Neighbor. And then we use the scripture talking about it's easy to love their neighbor, but God always wants to love our enemy too, mm, as well. Come on, somebody. And let's say a student goes, I don't know how to do that because I don't think we should do that because this guy picks on me or this girl picks on me and bullies me on social media yeah. or at school. And you're telling me I should love them. Yeah. And so you're saying the answer is to say, yes, that's true. Love them. Now go away. But you're saying, okay, tell me why you're having a difficult time with that. hundred percent. Explain to me why it's hard for you to love them. Mm, yes. Walk me through that. And as they ask you or give their answer, it's okay to ask a second question. Yes. What do I do as a leader if I don't know the answer, though, to the questions mm. they may be asking? Dadgum. Vince Parker, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this while you're driving or whatever, make sure you listen to it back. Write down those questions that he just said because those are brilliant responses to that. Because I think the easy thing to do is to just immediately respond with, well, but this is the right answer. This is what Jesus says. But the reality is, is just because they know the answer doesn't mean that they're fully bought into it yet. And so I love what you said of giving them space to process it, asking more questions. Those are fantastic. Um, if you do come to a place where your students are asking questions that you don't know the answer to, the best thing you can say, it's four words. I don't know, but. I don't know, but. And the reason why we add the but is because we don't want to just stop there. We don't want to stop the conversation. We want to keep it going. And so 
I think some of the best things you can respond to are, hey, I don't know the answer to that, but what if you take some time this week to look for some answers? I'm going to do some research on my part, and then later this week or next week, let's have a conversation and see what we learned. Or you could say, I don't know, but I know my friend so-and-so is really, really passionate about these kinds of ideas. Let's go talk to them and see what they have to say about this. Or you could say, I don't know, but here's what I've seen God do in my life. Because there are some questions that don't have easy answers. And sometimes what we, if we can't have a good um, you know, answer that ties a bow on it, sometimes what we can point to is, hey, here's what I've experienced God do in my life. And so even though I don't know the answer to that, here's what I do believe. And so I think that when we're faced with questions where we don't know the answer to, some of the best things you can say are, I don't know, but admit that you don't have all the answers. It's not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of wisdom. And then add that but there because it keeps the conversation going and it gives the student permission to start searching for answers on their own, which again is a part of the journey we're trying to go on is helping them own their own faith. So part of that is like that self-discovery, like yes. I enter to my own relationship with God, not yes. just what I heard Come my on. pastor say or heard my leader say, but I actually have my own personal intimate relationship with God. So. I can tell you everything in the world that I know about Mandy, but yep. it's probably better that you experience get to know her for yourself because that's yep. where that true intimacy comes in. Yep. And so I can say like, Mandy's a really nice person. You'd be like, I agree, but if I get to know that for myself, <laughs> right, right, then it, there's a different connection. There's a deeper yes. level of intimacy that happens there. Yes. And when we allow students to experience and wrestle with just like in any of our personal relationships or even our own personal relationship with God, you're saying there's a growth, there's a connection that takes place. Absolutely. I love that. That's good Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. That's brilliant. So this is something that I've been I've been personally wrestling with. And I want let me know how you feel about this. I think sometimes the reason leaders are afraid to let students wrestle with something is because they're afraid what would happen if they had to personally wrestle with it. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I think that sometimes in our relationship with Jesus and our journey of following him, we can crave certainty over trust. And what I mean by that is I think if we've got this list of things that I can be certain of, then it doesn't require faith anymore, right? Because right. faith is that extra step of here, here's the evidence that I have that leads me to believe this thing. But there's a, there's a gap where like I don't always fully feel like God is present with me in this moment. I don't always feel that way. I can't go back in time and see a video or, you know, there's not a video recording of the things that Jesus did, but there's enough evidence that leads me to believe that, okay, this is probably the best, the best way of going about things is believing in Jesus and following him. But there is still that little bit of unknown where faith needs to fill the gap. But I think for sometimes what we attempt to do is totally close the gap with certainty and making sure, okay, I have to have all of the right answers. So then I don't have to wrestle anymore. But on this side of heaven, I don't think we'll ever have a hundred percent certainty. And that's where faith comes in, where I'm choosing to trust you, God, even though I don't have every answer, I know that based off of what I've seen and what I've experienced, that there's really good evidence to believe that these things about you are true, but there's a little bit of a gap that I don't have all the answers for. And that, that requires faith, which I think is a lot harder than certainty. So, and I love how you put that, the way you articulate that, is this is what you need to know as a leader. Not only is it okay for your students to wrestle with God, because that allows them to grow in their faith, mm -hmm. but it's okay for you to wrestle with God because it allows you to grow in your faith. 100%. And we're all on this continual journey, this yes. relationship. There is, until we're in front of God in heaven, yep. you know, we're not at that point. And so you might come across something that you may not know or you might understand, 
and I don't want you to be afraid to go to your mentor, your yes. youth pastor, yes. your campus pastor, and ask this, them the same questions that you would ask or have been asked by your students because yes. it's okay. We're all there. There is no person who would say, nope, I got it all. I completely understand it. <laughs> and we know that's not true because the Bible clearly says that his ways are higher than our ways. It clearly right. articulates that, hey, you're just not going to understand it. And I don't know if I want to serve a God that I can figure out. Hmm, come on. And so, uh, James, anything else you'd like to add today to that? Uh, I mean, I just would love to highlight what you just said there, that for you as a switch leader, it is not only okay for you to wrestle, it's necessary for you to wrestle because growth happens when we're uncomfortable and wrestling is uncomfortable. (laughs) Uh, The scripture that I always point back to, there's a story in Genesis where Jacob wrestles with God and afterward his name is changed to Israel and Israel literally means to wrestle and struggle with God. And what we know is the story of the old Testament. So, you know, the first two thirds of the Bible is the story of God's chosen people, Israel, that eventually leads to Jesus. The story of Israel to wrestle or struggle with God is literally the story of God's chosen people wrestling and struggling with God. I think this isn't just a part of our faith, I think it's central to our faith. And unfortunately, I think there are some people who believe that wrestling and struggling is contrary to the Christian life. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's true. I think it's central to our relationship with Christ. And so I'm thankful to be a part of this conversation. Hopefully there will be people willing to take a step, get uncomfortable and wrestle with their faith so that on the other side, they can experience a stronger faith. Well, James, thank you so much for being on the Switch Leader Podcast. You've definitely helped not only myself, but a ton of other leaders uh, grow in their faith, grow in their relationship. And remember, uh, on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today, the leader we will be tomorrow. Tomorrow.